0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. I think I have my breath back. Behold, I announce good tidings to you, just as the angels said to the shepherds. I'm a little early, one week. yet today is the first day where we see in Scripture an announcement of the Incarnation that Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, is born of a virgin and enters humanity. This is the good news. And it is worthy of announcing early and even celebrating, in a sense, today, a little early. Now, before we read, all this took place to fulfill. Oh, sorry, now now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. Before we read this, we have to hear a very, very long list of the genealogy of Jesus. If you were in Orthros, you heard an even longer one, read by Melanie, which takes The genealogy from the Gospel of Luke that goes all the way from Adam to Christ. So today is the day the church has set for us to honor all those who from the beginning of time were well pleasing to God, from Adam to Joseph the betrothed of the most holy Theotokos. So today we honor these who we call our fathers and our mothers and why do we place them here because they are a chronicle of a history of God's love and the gift of faith and of him working through the faith of his people throughout history we can add to this list we just read the epistle today as well And we read sort of a condensed version of the epistle reading today. And there's some pieces that are left off. And I don't think the church says we shouldn't be reading those. I think it gives us a shorter piece reminding us of that larger piece. And here's where that epistle starts out. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is what our fathers and mother were commended for. It goes on, by faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen is what is seen is not made of what, what is visible. And then it goes on, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah. And we heard today, by faith Abraham. A little snippet story that we uh, hear in that same chronicle. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses' parents. By faith, Moses. By faith, the people of Israel, etc., etc., and all the prophets. We choose these two readings, as I said, to commemorate those who have the gift of faith from God. And in the reading of Vespers last night, there was a reading in Deuteronomy. And it's very difficult to pay attention to Old Testament readings of Vespers sometimes. But a piece jumped out at me. And it said, Moses spoke to the sons of Israel. Indeed, heaven and the heaven of heaven belong to the Lord your God. Also, the earth and everything in it But here's what jumped out. The Lord chose your fathers to love them. This huge list of people is a chronicle of the love of God that is active in the lives of his people and has been enacted from the beginning of time. And that epistle today goes on and says... All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. My brothers and sisters in Christ, when I read this list of names, this this genealogy and all the commemorations, while I am reminded of all the individual stories of the Old Testament, what I am most reminded of is how much our God loves us. It is a display that in all of history, God consistently loved his people. And as if to add a bookmark or an ending to the uh, epistle we have from St. Paul, Brethren, when the time had fully come This genealogy today and this history announce the incarnation of Christ. The most pivotal moment, perhaps, in all of history where God enters in in a tangible, real, living, full-of-flesh way. I have been reading a little bit of Anthony Bloom, Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, Um, and I found this essay of his called Why I Believe in God. And there's an excerpt I found that jumped out at me that seemed to connect to this gospel today. He says, In all the relatedness there exists between us and God is revealed particularly in this final act of solidarity, which we call the Incarnation. Not only did God remain concerned with us throughout history, but he became one of us through history. And this not for a moment, but forever. Not escaping the heaviness, the limitations, and the pain of our human destiny, but in order to carry on his human shoulders the consequences of his divine act of creation and of our human rebellion, our rejection of him, Lovelessness, godlessness itself. The incarnation of the word of God and becoming of man meant for him that he entered the realm of time and of death and of limitation and of all the consequences of human goodness. This solidarity was not for a moment. It was definitive. He became man in human history and he remains a man forever because he sitteth at the right hand of the Father. As a man with hands and feet pierced by the nails and with his side pierced by the spear, throughout history and throughout eternity, we can see this vision of divine solidarity with us. Now, this word solidarity is a little bit of a strange word. It's a translation from a Russian word. And for you older people, you might remember hearing this words in your contemporary issues, classes in high school. But this Russian word, solidarity, implies a deep relationship of unity. Throughout history and throughout eternity, we can see this divine relationship of unity with us. We can see in this readings today, the workings of God's infinite love, working in the people of faith, working in specific people of faith. And that is what we are, people of faith. The incarnation and all that comes with it is a supreme act of love. The unknowable and incomprehensible God became a man so that we can know him and have a relationship with him. He came for us, he came for you. He came for our hearts. But, our, but are our hearts ready to receive him? Or are our hearts full already of other things? Are there, is there no room for the incarnate Lord to come and dwell in us? Because this is what he desires to do. In the introduction of the hidden man of the heart, our commander Zacharias. We hear some of St. Sophroni's teaching. No matter how daunting and difficult the struggle of purifying our heart may be, of readying our heart to receive our Lord, nothing should deter us from this undertaking. We have on our side the ineffable goodness of God who has made man's heart his personal concern and goal. This is the purpose of the incarnation. That God himself would enter our hearts. And our heart is his personal concern and his goal. Elsewhere he says that our heart is his target. We sense God who is incomprehensible, pursuing